Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now listening to the Fantasy Baseball Hour with Al Melchior. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for tuning in and joining me. This is the Fantasy Baseball Hour. I'm your host, Al Melchior. And uh, the big story so far today, Johnny Cueto, not just on the DL, but uh, looks like this elbow injury of his uh, eh, might be pretty serious. We're going to get some more information uh, eventually here, but uh, he is certainly a big story. One of many, uh, Jordan Montgomery exiting last night after just one inning what happens now for the yankees uh lots of options but also a clear front runner i definitely want to uh make sure you know uh, what's going on with that situation an anthony rendon update and an adam eaton update uh we've got lineups we've got games in progress that's always a fun thing uh on on a lot of wednesdays here uh so i'll get you updated on that and a couple of rookie debuts Mike Soraka's debut last night was terrific. It was fantastic. Outdueled Noah Syndergaard. And right now in progress, and I say in progress, uh, I'm not sure that uh, he is still in the game, but uh, Fernando Romero made his debut this afternoon, and he is, in fact, now out of the game. But a very good debut for him as well. In fact, might as well update you on that right now. Uh, leaves the game uh, having pitched five and two-thirds innings, not a single run allowed on four hits and three walks with five strikeouts. So well done, uh, Fernando Romero. And he's out dueling Marcus Stroman, who is still in that game for the Blue Jays, but it's uh, 2 nothing twins right now, and I'll uh, get you up to date on the other games in progress a little bit later on in the show. But uh, yeah, let's get to... The Johnny Cueto news uh, that actually just broke within the hour, I think actually within about the half hour before uh, the show began. And the uh, update here, uh, getting this from uh, Andrew Baggerly of The Athletic, says that Cueto is going to get a second and possibly a third opinion on his injured elbow. Uh, and that uh, Cueto may, and, and this is Baggerly's language, which I do like, by the way, Cueto may pop over to see Dr. Andrews when the team is in Atlanta this weekend. So just a little pop over to hang out with Dr. James Andrews. Uh, that's never really welcome news. Doesn't necessarily mean Tommy John, but uh, that is sometimes what that means. So we will certainly be uh, keeping track of what's going on with Johnny Cueto, but uh, we probably won't know a whole lot more uh, for, I would say, at least a couple of days, which uh, that's obviously aggravating, uh, not only for the Johnny Cueto owner, for just but just for the baseball owner in general. 
So as I just alluded to a minute or two ago, Jordan Montgomery did leave the Yankees game against the Astros early, very early, just after one inning, uh, after experiencing some left elbow tightness. And according to The Athletic, he is uh, going back to New York to get uh, uh, checked on by doctors. So uh, no further information on Montgomery's elbow. But uh, initially, uh, there there were several names that were uh, floated in terms of uh, replacements for Montgomery, because it does sound like he's going to be out for at least a little while. And one of those would be Domingo Herman, who actually had to come in and provide long relief with um, uh, Montgomery out of the game. But also A.J. Cole, who was recently acquired by the Yankees, David Hale, Josh Rogers, and a couple of big-name prospects are being considered. Chance Adams and Justice Sheffield. And I saw Sheffield had pitched a very nice game uh, just the other day. But then in a subsequent report just a couple hours later uh, from Brian Hawk of MLB.com that Herman is the front runner out of that group. So you might be excited at the idea of Chance Adams taking the spot or, or maybe Justice Sheffield. But uh, apparently Herman is the most likely out of that group. There's nothing, absolutely nothing definitive right now. But I would say in, in deeper leagues especially that it's a good idea right now to just go ahead and pick up Herman in the in the case that he does go into the Yankees rotation. And and frankly, even if he doesn't, I think Herman's got some value in those deeper formats as a as a potential long relief guy. Uh, he's got some real swing and miss ability, and uh, you know could put up some really nice numbers whether in relief or in a starting role. Obviously much better and more useful numbers in the starting role since he's not going to be closing anytime soon. Uh, probably not even necessarily getting that many holds if you're in a holds league, but a uh, very talented young pitcher and looks like he may be in the Yankees rotation by the time Montgomery's turn comes around again, which I believe is on Sunday. An update on Elvis Andrews, uh, who of course is out after having uh, sustained a broken bone in his right elbow his initial timetable was late May, and now that we're in early May, that's something that you could have looked forward to. But now, according to the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, Andrews is saying that he is not recovering as quickly as he thought he would, and that the second week of June is actually a more realistic timetable. So that is lousy news uh, as concerns Elvis Andrews. Jose Ramirez uh, is out with a mild right groin uh, so, uh, with mild right groin soreness and also hip soreness. And uh, he should be back, however, in time for Thursday's doubleheader, according to MLB.com. So very good news there for Jose Ramirez. Anthony Rendon, as I talked about on Tuesday's show, not back uh, as quickly as initially thought. There was some discussion that he would be back by now. Uh, but then yesterday there was the story that came out that the options were bringing back Rendon within sound like a day or two or sending him out on a rehab assignment. And now that rehab assignment is looking like the much more likely option as he recovers from his uh, toe injury. And that rehab assignment could happen with class A Potomac, uh, which of course is uh, not at all far from, uh, from DC. So uh, hopefully we'll see Rendo back soon, but doesn't sound like it's, it's imminent as in the next day or two. 
Adam Eaton going to be out even longer. And of course, this has been a very mysterious situation where it sounded like he was on the verge of coming back. Maybe it was about a week ago. And now he is in a walking boot, according to a report by the Washington Post. And his activities have been limited. And in that report, it was basically suggested that uh, by saying his activities have been limited, that he's essentially been shut down. So that doesn't sound good at all for Adam Eaton, although that could maybe be good news for Matt Adams, who had a big game on Tuesday and has started picking up some regular playing time in Eaton's absence. I'll be talking about that a little bit later on the show because I've got a whole bunch of performances from Tuesday's games that are worth breaking down. Adams is one of them, and his recent playing time uh, trend is also worth paying some attention to. So uh, with Eaton out apparently for quite a while, uh, Adams could get a chance to uh, to rack up some playing time. Scott Kingry uh, was out yesterday. Uh, it turns out he's just got a, a bruise on his elbow. Team is not going to uh, have him get x-rays on it. And uh, it was just a, considered a precautionary move, according to Philly's manager, Gabe Kapler. So doesn't sound like Scott Kingry is going to be out for long. But as always... For fantasy purposes, exercise is, or a caution, I should say, should be exercised and, and uh, definitely recommended. So uh, Mookie Betts is uh, back, and um, so he that uh, hamstring injury that he sustained uh, just a little while back, he is uh, playing today and leading off for the Red Sox. Uh, Red Sox currently have a 4-3 to three lead. Over the KC Royals, that was a pretty crazy game last night. A lot of crazy games on Tuesday nights, especially concerning late inning leads going back and forth, uh, closers, uh, even some of the the stud closers, blowing saves in dramatic fashion. Craig Kimbrell among them, also Kelvin Herrera in that same game. Uh, but today, Mookie Betts looking just fine. He's actually at bat right now. Uh, and he is currently 3-for-3 three three with a couple of runs. And a couple of RBI, uh, oh, home run. Actually, I took two home runs for Mookie Betts. So that's how he got his two runs and two RBIs. Uh, solo home runs off of Danny Duffy in the fourth and fifth innings for Mookie Betts. So obviously a triumphant return uh, for Betts. Uh, now an 0-2 count against Duffy, but trying to make it uh, three for three with three home runs and doing it now behind in the count. So, uh, yeah, good news for Mookie Betts. Not good news for Miguel Cabrera, who was not in the starting lineup for uh, the Tigers. Uh, Tigers playing the Rays right now. That is a 2-1 to game with the Rays leading. And, uh, yeah, we have not had a Miguel Cabrera sighting in that game yet. So Cabrera uh, out uh, with a biceps injury. Justin Bohr, we had Justin Bohr sighting last night as a pinch hitter, hit a pinch home run in that game against the Phillies. And he is expected to be in the Marlins lineup today against the Phillies. That's going to be a, I believe it is 7 o'clock. Yes, a 7-10 start Eastern time at Marlins Park. Uh, let me see if we, we have the Marlins lineup just yet. We do. And Justin Bohr's in it, and he is hitting cleanup. And playing first base, of course. So uh, very good news there for Justin Bohr, who, again, hit a pinch uh, hit home run last night against the Phillies. And in other Marlins moves, 
uh, JT Riddle finally activated from the 10-day disabled list and then optioned to AAA. And this uh, relates to something I was talking about on the show, I believe just yesterday, where I was saying that Miguel Rojas is somebody I've been looking at as a middle infield reinforcement in uh, one of my 15-team leagues. And, uh, no, it's not the uh, Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational, but a different 15-team league. But uh, anyway, so that uh, the playtime situation for Rojas certainly is bolstered there with the optioning of JT Riddle to AAA. Uh, Corey Kniebel is starting his rehab assignment today with AA Biloxi, the Biloxi Shuckers. Um, And he could be back as soon as the weekend after this one. So that's fantastic news for Corey Knable and for the Brewers. Uh, That update coming from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. And that uh, almost certainly means that Josh Hader is going back to just a long relief role. But you know, then again, is it a long relief role in, say, the fifth and sixth innings or a long relief role that's really more of a setup role uh, where he's a bridge between the starters or the middle relievers and Kniebel? That's going to be interesting to see. I think whatever role Hater's in, uh, it's going to be a valuable one. There's going to be a lot of strikeouts there. Of course, he's just a couple days removed from that eight-out, eight-strikeout game. Uh, so he'll he'll get you those in whatever role he's pitching in. Uh, obviously, You'd like to see him later later in the game with a chance for holds and maybe even the occasional save. Uh, that one's going to develop, but first, Knievel has to come off of the uh, the DL. And again, that could happen in about a week and a half. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Scooter Jeanette's been out for a couple of days. Uh, he had an MRI, which showed nothing serious with the shoulder, but he's going to need at least a couple more days uh, without throwing, according to MLB.com. So perhaps a uh, pinch hitting uh, appearance is in Jeanette's future, but uh, not any starts. The Reds lineup is out, and of course uh, Jeanette's not in it. Again, wouldn't expect him to be in it for at least a couple more days. Alex Blandino gets the start at second base. And the other thing notable from that Reds lineup, uh, as uh, I tend to check when it does come out, is who's out of the outfield mix today. It's Scott Shebler. So you got Winker, Hamilton, and Duval today in the Reds lineup facing Wade Miley, making his season debut for the Brewers, uh, recently having come off of the disabled list. So it's got uh, you got interesting matchup there, Wade Miley and Luis Castillo. No Brewers lineup as of yet. Couple of Giants notes from NBC Sports Bay Area. Madison Bumgarner was cleared to start playing catch this weekend. So uh, that's an update on the update from yesterday where he was going to go see his doctor and hoping to get clearance to play catch. And it did go as uh, Bumgarner and as all of us were hoping it would. And Mark Melanson is scheduled to throw a bullpen session this weekend as he makes uh, steady progress uh, back towards his return. And also Will Smith has been activated by the Giants. And, of course, uh, he has been recovering from Tommy John surgery, so he's uh, finally made the long road back. So uh, congratulations to Will Smith, who I imagine sooner than later will uh, maybe not right away, but uh, probably will uh, feature in the late innings for the Giants. Uh, And the really big reliever news kind of buried this lead, but it's it's, it's a big, big news day with a, a lot of 
important uh, injury updates is that Keenan Middleton has gone to the disabled list. He has right elbow inflammation. Uh, Middleton told the Orange County Register that he actually was dealing with a sore right elbow when he blew the save uh, just last Friday. That was his first blown save of the season. Uh, so at that point, uh, just decided to shut it down, and now he's gone on the DL. Cam Bedrosian got the save opportunity for the Angels on Tuesday night. He blew blew the save, uh, but uh, even before yesterday's game, Mike Sosha told uh, the Orange County Register that there were multiple closer candidates for however long Middleton's out. Uh, and for his part, Middleton says he expects this to be a 10-day stint. But, you know, doesn't everybody on the DL <laughs> expect it to be a 10-day stint? Um, I mean, I, obviously I'm kidding there, but uh, we don't know the exact length of uh, the stay yet for, for Keenan Middleton. So it's worth speculating, and Bedrosian certainly did figure, based on recent usage, usage patterns, to be the lead candidate. But uh, Sosha did mention Justin Anderson, who's uh, only been up for a couple of weeks. I think he's only pitched in four or five games, but it's been very good. And Jim Johnson, the veteran uh, ex-closer, those two are in the mix. I would not be surprised to see either Anderson or Johnson maybe get the next save chance for the Angels. All right. Nowhere even close to done with the news and injury updates. Finish those off when we come back from break. I'll have some lineups for you, weather, and a whole lot more. So don't go anywhere. I will be right back. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fancy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fancy Sports Radio Network app. The Fancy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fancy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fancy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Welcome back. This is Fantasy Baseball Hour. And uh, wound up the last segment talking about the Angels' closer situation and uh, Keenan Milton going to the DL and kind of a mess again in Anaheim after uh, it seemed like Middleton had finally sewn up that job and things were kind of uh, stabilized there. But there's actually a whole lot of uh, closer news to get to, uh, as well as some other news, uh, including some injury updates. Uh, and as I promised, I'll uh, get you updated on the lineups that are coming out, the weather forecasts and all that. Uh, but before I do, it is time to give you the daily reminder about going to DailyRoto.com where you can dominate your DraftKings and FanDuel Major League Baseball contests this summer using DailyRoto's MLB projections and optimizer. Go to DailyRoto.com slash premium and save 10% with the promo code FNTSY to use all the same tools and projections that millionaire maker winner Drew Dickmeyer uses. And the tools don't just work for football. This is the same site that Drew used for last year's top five $150,000 DraftKings Live Final Finish. 
So head on over to dailyroto.com slash premium, save 10% with the promo code FNTSY, and see the results for yourself. So, yeah, that Angel situation thrown back up into disarray with uh, Middleton on on the DL. Although, again, may not be a long stint, could even be a a minimum stint. But uh, Cam Bedrosian getting the chance last night and blowing it. Uh, Justin Anderson, Jim Johnson also in that mix. And in the Rotographs uh, bullpen report, uh, which I, I wrote just this morning, I tossed out another name. This is not based on any reporting or anything. Uh, but just based on on usage patterns, that uh, the lefty Jose Alvarez has been really good. And actually, I think it was from Jeff Fletcher, the uh, beat writer with the uh, Orange County Register. And he put out a ranking of all of the Angels pitchers according to uh, expected WOBA. And the best one was Jose Alvarez. And he also happens to lead, I don't know about the whole team, but he leads the uh, bullpen in terms of war so far this year. So he has been really good. And he pitched in the eighth inning of that game uh, for the Angels against uh, the Orioles on um, on Tuesday night. So that's another name to just keep in mind there. Uh, and I, I, I'm tossing this out there not only because of the recent usage patterns and the fact that Alvarez has been really good and effective, but just because we've seen over the last year plus that Mike Sosha could be very fluid in terms of bullpen roles. You know, Camp George is a great example of that. He's had, what, three, four at least different stints over the last year, month plus uh, with the Angels. And he, so he's uh, been in that role. He's set up. But he's also had extended periods where he's been pitching the you know like the fifth or sixth inning. So uh, Sosha has been very flexible that way and not afraid to go with the hot hand. And, and uh, there may not be a hotter hand in the Angels, Angels bullpen other than Jose Alvarez. Although, as I mentioned, too, Justin Anderson has only been up for a couple of weeks, uh, certainly been a, a hot hand as well. Uh, and as far as uh, those crazy situations, last night I already talked about the uh, Red Sox-Royals game. That went back and forth. Craig Kimbrell blew his first save of the season, and then Calvin Herrera came in in the 12th inning, and he blew his first save of the season, gave up his first run of the season. Keona Kella gave up a grand slam to Michael Brantley and got a loss in a non-save situation. Ken Giles uh, blew up a, a scoreless tie with the Yankees, giving up a, a Gary Sanchez three-run homer. Uh, Hunter Strickland... Uh, Gave up a uh, a game winning homer to Eric Hosmer, so just really crazy stuff last night. Uh, and lost in all of that was the fact that Kenley Jansen pitched for the first time in six days in a uh, non save uh, one run deficit uh, situation, and again uh, put a couple of guys on base, but but worked around it. So uh, you know something less than the level we're used to seeing from Kenley Jansen. Uh, getting back to some starting pitcher news, I guess you could say Yanni Chirinos. Is he a starter? Is he a reliever? Uh, not clear, but right now he's he's neither actively because he's been placed on the disabled list with a right forearm strain. And another one of those Rays uh, swingmen has been recalled, Ryan Yarbrough. A uh, very brief stay at AAA Durham for him. And uh, not only back on the Rays roster, but uh, may start this Friday uh, against the Blue Jays. Brett Anderson is, has been recalled to take the rotation spot of Kendall Graveman, pretty much as expected. Uh, so he will start today uh, at the Mariners. 
Rich Hill, uh, his next start, that date has been bumped around a few times. Uh, but now, according to the Southern California News Group, he is slated to start this Sunday uh, in Monterey, Mexico against the Padres. Mark Trumbo was activated on Tuesday, and his season debut, not really auspicious. He went 0 for 4 with a couple of strikeouts against the Angels. The Rockies uh, sent down Ryan McMahon, who was playing very sparingly and not hitting a whole lot, uh, sent him down to AAA Albuquerque. And Nathan Avaldi, a report from Mark Top- Topkin of the Tampa Bay Times, uh, Avaldi's been uh, very impressive in his rehab coming back from arthroscopic elbow surgery and live batting practice. Uh, he was throwing uh, in the 96 to 99 mile an hour range and looking at a return possibly late this month and going back into the Rays rotation. So intriguing stuff there in regard to Nathan Avaldi and less encouraging news uh, on Luis Gohara, who uh, was uh, recently activated and sent down to Triple uh, uh, A Gwinnett and uh, just pitched earlier today. Uh, it was a 11 o'clock Eastern game for uh, Gwinnett and um, uh, Gohara just went four and a third, giving up six runs, all earned on eight hits with four walks and only three strikeouts. Uh, so not a very good outing for Gohara. And I don't know if this is something that had been reported uh, before, but I'd seen it in a couple of places uh, earlier today that Gohara this spring was not uh, uh, only dealing with injury, but uh, also uh, with the death of his father and uh, an illness uh, for his mother. So um, tough, tough go for for Luis Gohara. Um, So with a, a, a not very good start today, uh, you know, those of us who are, are stashing Gohara and maybe anticipated that he would be up either by now or very soon. Uh, as I discussed with Matt Modica on Tuesday's show, Braves have the nice luxury of having a, uh, a real roster crunch, a real pitching crunch. And so uh, I would have to say it's, it's hard to see the incentive for uh, the Braves to, uh, to bring up Gohara at this point. So uh, as far as weather is concerned for today's slate, no problems. No problems at all, of course. So we've got, uh, I believe, six games in progress right now. Big chunk of the slate already. Uh, we've got uh, three games on the evening slate that are being played indoors. And then the remaining games, no real chance of precipitation uh, in any of those. So that should not affect your lineups uh, in fantasy. And in terms of the real-world lineups, we've got in just 15 minutes... Padres and Giants starting Clayton Richard and Derek Holland, a matchup of Southpaws and uh, pretty much the typical Padres lineup against lefties. Uh, Franchi Cordero is in there, by the way. It seems like he's been, of course, with the injuries and all uh, playing every day for the Padres. So he's in there and, and batting fifth. Um, and as for the uh, Giants, uh, got Gorky's uh, Hernandez in left field uh, and batting uh, leadoff for them. And uh, no Buster Posey, Nick Hundley batting cleanup and catching Kelby Tomlinson uh, getting the nod today at second base. Uh, he and Alan Hansen will be likely splitting time there going forward. Uh, Tomlinson batting eighth. Uh, the Nationals lineup is out. I alluded to this earlier. Matt Adams is in it again. I believe this is... Actually, I'm going to take that back. I was going to say fourth straight game. I don't think that's right. Uh, what I did note is that the previous three 
games against right-handed starters. Adams was in left field for all of them. Today's starter, Ivan Nova, also a righty. Uh, so Adams batting third, playing first base, though, today. So no Ryan Zimmerman. And taking Adams' spot in left field is Andrew Stevenson, who had been getting some playing time before this recent run by Adams. Uh, and, of course, Adams with a, a big game on Tuesday night. Uh, mentioned the Reds lineup. That's out already. And then the only other lineup uh, that I've seen right now that is out is the Marlins. And I also alluded to that earlier with Justin Bohr back in there uh, starting for the, the first time in a while, uh, batting cleanup and, and playing first base. Uh, let's see. Uh, so yeah, Rojas is in there, of course, uh, batting sixth and playing short. Yadiel Rivera playing second and uh, batting eighth. Uh, and that is Aaron Nola and Jose Arena, uh in that one. And just now, just now as I was talking, the Pirates of Braves lineups are out. Uh, Max Moroff, who uh, I believe he homered last night, Apparently, the uh, Pirates wanted to see more of him. He's batting leadoff and playing second base. And uh, David Freeze playing third base uh, against the righty, Steven Strasburg. And Braves lineup got uh, Enciarte again at the bottom of the batting order. Albiz Acuna at the top. Tyler Flowers getting the nod at catcher. And Ryan Flaherty at third base. So that is your Braves lineup to take on Jacob DeGrom and the Mets. Sean Newcomb getting the start. Of course, he was pushed back with the uh, debut of Mike Soraka last night. Uh, so everybody was pushed back a day. Uh, so believe that it's all supposed to be Julio Tehran making his return tomorrow. And um, Newcomb does not get the two-start week this week. But as long as everybody um, stays on turn which we have every, every reason to expect at this point, that would give Newcomb two projected starts for next week. So uh, if you were able to do what I did over the weekend and pick Newcomb up for those two starts, might as well uh, keep him hanging around because he's going to get the raise. Again, this is just projected, but he would get the raise next Tuesday. And then the Marlins at Marlins Park next Sunday, a week from Sunday. So don't uh, don't drop Newcomb if you're just streaming them. Don't do it. All right. Well, that really is all the lineups for right now. So uh, just to take a quick look at the games in progress before I step back into yesterday's games. Uh, Red Sox up over the Royals five to four now. Uh, let's see how that uh, uh, that Mookie Betts at bat went. Before, because he was uh, two for two with a couple of homers. He's got three homers now, Mookie Betts. All off of Danny Duffy. <laughs> Betts is four for four, including three homers. Yeah, I'd say he is just fine, Mookie Betts. So, yeah, that's 5 4 Red Sox, the Mookie Betts show. 2 2 tie between the Rays and Tigers. Uh, Indians up big on the Rangers. 10 to 4. I know Matt Moore got uh, shellacked in this one. Four innings, 10, uh, 10 runs on 11 hits and two walks, and gave up three home runs. Uh, mentioned earlier the major league debut of Fernando Romero. Uh, twins still up in that one, two zip. Uh, Cardinals up over the White Sox, 3 to 2, which reminds me, I think 
I passed over the news that Bud Norris is now officially again the Cardinals' closer, uh, and he is pitching right now for the Cardinals in the eighth inning with a 3-2 lead. Uh, very interesting. That looks like the White Sox have scored a couple of runs, so I'm guessing that Norris was, yeah, Dominic, well, actually, Carmart started the inning. Dominic Leone came in, and now uh, with the White Sox having scored twice at the top of the eighth, Bud Norris is in for, it looks like, an extra long save. And I uh, got the Cubs hosting the Rockies. This one's in the bottom of the fourth. Rockies up for zip. Uh, so not looking like an auspicious start for you, uh, Darvish, although he does have eight strikeouts in four innings. But he's also given up four runs, three of which are earned. But so far, good good outing for Tyler Anderson, who, as you recall, left his last start due to uh, an irregular heartbeat. And he is blanking the Cubs through uh, – Three-plus innings. He is now pitching uh, in the fourth here and has just given up uh, one hit. Uh, just a uh, Anthony Rizzo single is all that uh, Anderson has given up. Three strikeouts and no walks. So really good to see Tyler Anderson uh, back back in a groove uh, after a very, very uh, scary moment in his last start. So, all right, uh, taking a look back on Tuesday, of course, I've already gone through all of the relief pitching performances, uh, but a lot of starting pitchers uh, worth noting here. And, of course, the big uh, debut for Mike Soraka against the Mets. Six really strong innings, uh, one run on six hits and no walks with five strikeouts. The one thing that might look, and there's, we're no, if we're uh, owners of Soraka or just fans, uh, there's absolutely no reason to complain here. But one of the notable things about Soraka and the minors has not been you know, a, an eye-popping strikeout rate, just a, a merely pretty good strikeout rate and good control, which, of course, we saw with no walks against the Mets, but a really good ground ball pitcher. And I noted on Twitter yesterday, right before the game, uh, because the Mets, when I think of the Mets and matchups, one of the things that I think of is that the Mets, for the last like three, four years running, have been one of the biggest fly ball hitting teams in the major leagues. And they are again this year have the lowest ground ball rate in the entire national league. So you got somebody who who's coming in, uh, had nearly a 70% strikeout rate uh, in the minors and facing the Mets who don't hit a lot of ground balls. And the Mets did win that part of the battle. Uh, Soraka getting eight ground balls out of 18 total hit balls, but small sample, uh, kind of a skewed matchup. For Soraka, so no worries whatsoever. Uh, and I would say also no worries for Noah Syndergaard, who really struggled particularly early on in that game. Wound up giving up 10 hits total over six innings, uh, three runs, only three strikeouts. But bear in mind that the Braves have become a really, really good team at making contact. One of the lowest strikeout rates in the major leagues, just under 20%. Uh, one of the lowest swinging strike rates, strike rates in the majors. Uh, for the Braves, and uh, Syndergaard's not really had the problems problems getting the strikeout up to this point. So I'm going to chalk that one up to the matchup for Noah Syndergaard. Uh, the number of hits he allowed, a little bit of a worry, but not exactly a trend for Syndergaard. So no worries there. Do we have to worry about Clayton Kershaw, though? Gave up a couple more home runs last night against the Diamondbacks. So is there a trend there uh, that we need to keep our eyes on? I'm going to keep you hanging on that one because we got to head to break. But we'll talk about Kershaw's long ball issues 
Justin Verlander's absolute dominance, and a whole bunch more on the other side of this short break. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone, we promise. No weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Fantasy Baseball Hour. We'll look at some players who've been cold as ice. But mostly we're going to look at standout performances that were very good on Tuesday night. Uh, Overall, Clayton Kershaw, pretty good performance at Arizona. Just two runs allowed over six innings. But uh, both of those runs were solo homers. And uh, Kershaw's now given up seven home runs this season in 44 innings. That is not what we're really accustomed to, uh, seeing from Clayton Kershaw. And uh, so I looked at a couple of uh, splits for him in terms of uh, the type of fly ball contact that he's allowing. Because, uh, again, you know, we're looking at a small sample. And uh, if you had a couple of... Uh, Short uh, homers in there, you know, that's that's going to skew things. And, you know, we also have to recalibrate our expectations in terms of home run rate because it's been going up year after year after year. But a couple of indicators that have me a little bit worried about Clayton Kershaw and the home run problem. Uh, there are 91 pitchers uh, so far in the major leagues who have um, faced uh, or have allowed, I should say, uh, 25 fly balls to be hit, 91. Uh, not the hugest sample, but it's uh, you know it's it's what I pulled because you know, I didn't want the sample to be uh, or the sample of pitchers to be too small, the pool of pitchers. Um, so I cut it off at 25 fly balls, and out of that pool of 91 pitchers, Kershaw ranks 24th in hard fly ball rate, hard hit fly balls, 24th out of 91, as in the 24th highest rate. And in terms of pulled fly balls, he has the 17th highest rate out of those 91 pitchers. That's a bad combination. You know, if it was 24th in hard contact, but he was kind of middle of the pack or lower in the pack in terms of the pull rate, I'd be like, eh, probably nothing to worry about. Or if it was the other way around. But um, yeah, that combination's a a pretty lethal one. And I think it, it explains the high home run rate. So it's, uh, you know, uh, Kershaw, I think he's going to be okay in the sense that I I can't really foresee that you're going to bench him. But maybe just in terms of trade value, given that he was pretty much the consensus uh, pick for top starting pitcher overall. Uh, And I think, you know, even if you're a more conservative in how you view it, he was clearly one of the big four. Uh, that he's he's not really measuring up very well uh, in terms of uh, the other three in the big four because of the home runs. And given the way that things are trending, 
you know, there's no reason to think that's necessarily going to get better other than the fact that we're just a little more over the, a month into the season and Kershaw's had rough stretches before one month does not uh, make a season, obviously. So he can reverse that, but uh, it certainly would start with uh, not allowing as much hard fly, fly ball contact and not being as amenable to pulled fly balls. Justin Verlander, another amazing dominant start, uh, of course, didn't wind up with the win because of uh, Ken Giles coming in and giving up the Gary Sanchez homer. But Verlander went eight innings and gave up just three hits, no runs, no walks, 14 Ks. And what's really incredible is that Verlander has been known for years as being one of the elite pitchers in terms of fastball spin rate. It's why he always trends as one of the strongest uh, fly ball uh pitchers uh highest fly ball rates also helps to boost his whiff rate and his strikeout rate well in 2016 verlander's average four seamer spin rate was 2560 rpms so pretty high uh in 2017 pretty much almost exactly the same 2541 rpms he has cracked the 2600 rpm uh, threshold this season. He's at 2,628 RPMs, uh, which would explain why the fly ball rate is higher and the strikeouts are plentiful for Justin Verlander. So uh, fortunately, his hardball, con- his, I should say, fly ball contact has not been as hard as Clayton Kershaw's. So that's, uh, that's a good trend for Justin Verlander. Uh, I mentioned earlier, uh, Domingo Herman is the front runner to take over Jordan Montgomery's uh, rotation spot. Montgomery was just a short while ago placed on the 10 day DL with left elbow strain and uh, David Hale, who I mentioned earlier in the show, he's been officially signed to a major league contract, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to uh, that Hale's going to replace uh, Montgomery. Again, Herman has been uh, reported as being the front runner there. And also, uh, Clint Frazier has been reinstated from the concussion DL and was optioned to AAA Scranton Wilkes Bar in a uh, related Yankees move there. So, getting back to Herman, uh, he uh, took over from Montgomery when he left the game last night, and all he did was pitch four shutout innings uh, with four strikeouts, one walk, and just four hits allowed against a very, very good Astros team. So uh, definitely a good good performance there from Herman. Tyson Ross, another really good start for him. So he really does seem to be, if not not exactly doing it the same way, certainly back on a similar level of quality to to where he was in 2014, 2015. uh, Against the Giants, Uh, Ross went six innings, just giving up a run on four hits, three walks, nine big strikeouts for Tyson Ross. And if he's still out there on your league's waiver wire next week, looks like he is set to start against both the nationals and the Cardinals. So a double dip for Tyson Ross coming up on the, the heels of uh, some good starts. Harlan Garcia continues his hot streak in the Marlins rotation uh, against the Phillies, six innings, one run on five hits, one walk, three Ks. He's got a double dip next week against the Cubs at Wrigley and then at home against the Braves. Uh, I actually already am looking at some uh, pickups for the coming week in terms of projected two-star pitchers. Garcia is not going to be one of them for me, even though he's been consistently terrific in terms of results. 
the peripherals are really pretty mediocre. And I just, I, I can't, even if I dig deep and look at, you know, things like hard fly ball contact, that kind of thing, I don't, I don't see where Garcia is going to be able to sustain anything close to this. So I'm, I'm taking a pass on the two start week for uh, Garcia coming up. The uh, Phillies brought in Zach Eflin to take the place of Ben Lively, who went on the DL and his start uh, against Garcia and the Marlins. Very good. Uh, six innings, one run on three hits, no walks, four Ks. That's a, I mean, aside from the one run, that's a, uh, I guess the three hits too, but in terms of the strikeout to walk ratio, that's what you can get from Eflin. Uh, very, very good control. Not a lot of strikeouts. Um, so, to, you know, certainly against the Marlins at Marlins Park, that's a pretty believable line. But you got to look at the matchups with Eflin, and you got to not need the strikeouts. Matt Boyd got the strikeouts against the Rays. Six innings, seven Ks, uh, one run on seven hits and a walk. Uh, but as good as Boyd has been, again, in terms of results, I have a little bit more faith in him than I do Harlan Garcia because he has been very stingy in terms of hard contact. But he's got an 87% strand rate, 238 BABIP, uh, that are neither sustainable or supported up to this point. So definitely look for some regression for Matt Boyd, but that doesn't mean that he's not useful uh, in fantasy if he's got a couple of starts uh, or has good matchups. Uh, Jake Junis, uh, I put a, a kind of a similar bucket as Boyd. He's Largely been very good. Uh, definitely had a uh, a very nice start against the Red Sox. Six innings, uh, two runs on seven hits and a walk with five Ks. But uh, as favorable as the Babbitt and straight r- strand rate were for Matt Boyd, even more so for Jake Judas. This is kind of incredible uh, through a little bit more than a month. 95% strand rate, a 184 Babbitt. Very good control, could be very efficient. But if that's the kind of pitcher you're looking for, I frankly would much, much rather have Miles Michaelis than Jake Junis. Um, so Junis may have his uses, uh, again, depending on matchup, but um, I'm, I'm not particularly encouraged or excited by his uh, first few starts of the year. Tropeano, he uh, did very well against the Orioles. And I got to say, in a way that I didn't expect, he shut them out for six and third innings, only gave up one hit. Just two walks, uh, and I'll get to the two walks in a second for Tropiano. Five Ks. And the thing with Tropiano is he can, he's a very good swing and miss pitcher. There's some strikeout potential there, but uh, it could be prone to some hard fly contact, could definitely be prone to control issues. So what I saw that he only walked two Orioles over six and a third, my first thought was, they must have been chasing him out of the zone all night long. <laughs> but in fact, Tropiano had really good control in this start. He threw 40% of his, percent of his pitches in the strike zone. I would certainly need to see a few more starts of that for me to trust Tropiano. But change has to start somewhere, right? And finally, Andrew Suarez. Uh, he's, uh, I believe he's filling in for Cueto. Uh, in any event, uh, Suarez going seven innings against the Padres. Two runs on four hits and a walk. Suarez also uh, very much unlike Tropiano, but more in the, the Jake Junis mold, uh, has been a very good control pitcher in the minors. So just one walk and seven innings for Suarez with five Ks. And, uh, you know, put him in again in that same bucket, Junis, maybe Michaelis, uh, that he could be very uh, efficient in certain starts, but wouldn't necessarily expect him to uh, give you a whole lot of help with the strikeouts. Now, while there were quite a few notable pitching performances, also some 
really good hitting performances on Tuesday. D. Gordon, uh, five for five, doesn't really get much better than that. Also hit a sixth double of the year. So while he's still one of the lesser hitters uh, among major league regulars in terms of exit velocity and uh, uh, power, I mean, there, there has been a little bit of doubles power there for D. Gordon in the early going. Uh, he stole his 11th and 12th bases of season. Uh, this against the A's. And now with that five-hit performance, Gordon's batting average up to 339. Uh, he does have a 27% line drive rate that's probably not going to be sustained, but we already know that Gordon is uh, a viable 300 hitter, so any regression he has is probably not going to take him too, too far down from where he is. Uh, I mentioned Matt Adams earlier in the show. He had a two-homer game, numbers four and five on the season against the Pirates. Three hits on the night for uh, Matt Adams. And as I mentioned earlier, uh, he, uh, prior to today's game, had made three consecutive starts in left field against right-handed starters, uh, playing at first base today against uh, Ivan Nova, another righty. So Adams, uh, I wouldn't say quite yet getting everyday play for the Nationals, but close to regular play. And they got a bunch of righties coming up. So actually, in, in my ESPN daily lineup league, I had to go out and pick Adams up for uh, this immediate stretch of, uh, of righties uh, that, that the Nationals are going to face. So we'll see how, how this goes. Uh, you know, we certainly don't have to stretch too far to see the power potential of Matt Adams as long as he's getting some pretty regular play. Kedris Morales, he uh, had a two-homer game as well. Of course, he, he's missed some time, uh, so he's just up to three home runs on the season, uh, three for three, and also walked twice uh, against the Twins. So big game for Morales. And another big game for Kevin Pillar, who doubled twice, and he now has 12 doubles already on the season in just over a month. Uh, so we've, we've seen some power that we're not really accustomed to from Kevin Pillar. I do recall a stretch last season. Uh, maybe a month or so, where he was showing some good power. So it's not like this is completely unprecedented. The question is, is, is Pilar going to be able to sustain this? And as of right now, uh, I, I would just have to bet it's to, even though, again, we've seen stretches from him before with it, because the much larger body of work for Pilar suggests that he's going to regress. Uh, you know, and he's at a stage of his career where a, a breakout is seemingly less likely than it would be for a younger player. But, uh, you know, definitely keep an eye on it for the, the next couple of weeks and see if he does keep it going. Uh, also, we should note for Pilar in terms of some regression signs that he does have a 32% line drive rate, which is pretty much extreme for anybody, much less somebody who's not really uh, been exceptional in that regard in the past. I'm not saying that as a knock against Pilar. It's just there's really only a handful of players that year in, year out, uh, hit a lot of line drives. Uh, and uh, Freddie Freeman uh, has been that that player uh, for some time. Uh, there's not a whole lot of them. So we'll see if Pilar maybe can make that uh, change stick as well. It would appear that Yoenis Cespedes' thumb is just fine, much like uh, Mookie Betts' hamstring. Because uh, while he didn't have quite the... Uh, the come, the comeback that Mookie Betts has had today against Danny Duffy and the Royals. Uh, Suspendas did have a big game last night. Uh, Three-hit game, including his seventh home run of the season against the Braves. Now, we start off this segment with Foreigner and Cold as Ice. That could certainly apply to Michael Conforto, 
who took an offer uh, in that same game against the Braves, did walk once uh, and reach base. But on the season, uh, well, first of all, he's not playing literally every day. He is sitting some against lefties. Uh, he's not uh, certainly hitting for, for that much power. Uh, and in spite of that, uh, he does have a 333 Wobo, which is not what you had hoped for or expected, most likely, for Michael Conforto, but not not terrible. But his X uh, on base average, as published on the xstats.org website, which takes into account uh, you know all sorts of factors, including uh, uh, the the exit velocity and, and launch angle uh, and such, considerably higher. His expected woba three sixty four, which is more like it. So I think we've we've got some improvement coming from Conforto there, and and really the only concern I would have going forward is is just uh, how often he might sit uh, against lefties. Mitch Moreland with another big game. He's been uh, red hot. He went uh, three for Sun Tuesday uh, against the Royals with uh, his fourth home run of the season. Again, his playing time has been limited. Uh, basically, uh, John Farrell's had to rotate uh, outfielders uh, to get Moreland in there at least uh, on, on a semi-regular basis and move uh, Hanley Ramirez over to DH, get Jade Martinez back in the outfield. Uh, but Moreland is really making a case somehow. I don't know how uh, for more playing time. Now, I, one of my bold predictions coming into the season was that Moreland was going to push Ramirez into a uh, reserve role, but Ramirez has been uh, hitting pretty well himself. But, uh, you know, Moreland, I think, got cheated a bit last season, should have had better stats and showing that so far this season. And uh, finally, Jorge Soler, who has definitely been a popular pickup in a lot of leagues. He uh, hit his third homer of the season against the Red Sox. Also his seventh double. Batting average is now up to 306. But uh, just as Michael Conforto is getting cheated on his expected stats, his uh, Soler's expected batting average is 241. So don't get too excited just yet about Jorge Soler. So, on a doubter of a note, time to wrap up here. Please tune in tomorrow. Get have Alan Jigger on the show, and hopefully not a Dufino. Have a great one, everybody. Take care.